My name is Andrew. My name is Lee. And let's get right into it. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and news first. Um, uh, a little bit of sad news to start things off with, unfortunately. Uh, the co-founder of Studio Ghibli, Isao Takahata, passed away last week. I heard about that. Um, he was 82, passed away in the hospital in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know who he is, uh, he is the... Um, Oh, I guess, well, we just said he's the co-founder of Studio Ghibli, but everything that Miyazaki didn't direct, he directed. He made um, Grave of the Fireflies, Palm Poco, My Neighbors, the Amadas, those ones. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. He's the one who made those ones. And uh, he had planned, uh, he had several other films uh, kind of brewing and working on in his head. He didn't know if he was going to be able to do those. Um, but the last film that he directed was The Tale of Princess Kaguya back in 2013. Ah, so, uh, so yeah, he passed away this last week, and uh, Miyazaki, I've read a couple of articles about it, and he's still kind of uh, feeling the effects of it. A close friend of his passed away, and it ha- apparently it happened pretty suddenly. Mm. Um, so, uh, he, uh, well, okay, uh, different reports apparently are varying, because right here it says he'd been in declining health since last summer. So, so, so it could have been ha- coming for a while, but uh, I also remember reading somewhere that it happened pretty suddenly. Um, but, you know, um, not a lot of people are ever really prepared for the death of a close friend. No. Um, so our hearts go out to uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Um, I wish we could do something more than that, but uh, he lost a close personal friend and an incredible, incredible uh, creative mind as yeah. well. I mean, it's always sad to see someone pass away. Um, but moving on to our next bit of news, um, this is something that I'm pretty excited about. Um, one of my favorite shows growing up, one that we're watching with Jasmine on our anime nights now, yes, is The Vision of Escaflone. Fantastic show. It's a great fantasy anime, um, that appeals to both boys and girls. Girls because there's a love story, kind of love triangle thing going on during it. Um, boys because of the great action scenes, the combat, uh, the giant fantasy mechs and the dragons and things like that. It's a it's a good show uh, for both boys and girls. Um, yeah. But the director, Kazuki Akane, he is working on a new series, which is his first original series since uh 2005 now he's done other things he helped uh code geass akito the x out he directed uh code geass series Mm -hmm. um but this is his first original one since 2005 anyways um trying to see if there's a name i don't think there's a name for it just yet he's just kind of shown sketches and artwork and things like that um Um, by the sketches i've seen that he's uh posting on twitter uh it looks to be a high school tennis anime yeah something along those lines um so could be interesting um but yeah, he was one of my favorite directors, uh, or like he's done some of my favorite shows back in the day. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with this. You know, I mean, it could oh, be yeah. as simple as a slice of life, uh, you know, sports anime. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that bit of news. Okay. And our next bit of news, which I'm very excited about, um, is uh, Overlord season three. Yes. Overlord season three has a the date now, July of 2018. I feel like we may have covered this already. But, we, we knew it was coming soon. I don't think we had the exact date yet. Okay. But, we were just surprised that uh, Overlord... I mean, they only just barely wrapped up airing Season 2. Mm-hmm. And so, to see Season 3 already in production, already mm-hmm. ready to go, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Now, I... Um... I'm going to disagree a little bit about the description of the show. Um, because they say, uh, you know... Um, Studio Madhouse and director Naoyuki Ito are continuing the adaptation of the dark fantasy light novel series. Mm -hmm. And as, you know, a fantasy guy myself and and an aspiring novelist myself, dark fantasy, I don't know if I would consider Overlord dark fantasy. The the only reason that they could qualify it as dark fantasy is that the protagonist is a villain archetype. 
that's, but that's about it. That's all it really has going for it in terms of darkness. But that's that's not what dark fantasy even is. Dark fantasy is fantasy with horror elements. So, um, something like Dragon Age Origins, where they had a... Uh, now, this is getting a little, a little bit dark for, you know, maybe some of our younger viewers, but in the Dragon Age series, uh, there are creatures called... Um, Oh, I'm forgetting what they're called, but they're, they're, they are, um, Darkspawn, that's what they're called. Darkspawn, Darkspawn. Okay. And Darkspawn are born by women of, of normal races, human, elf, and, um, and dwarf women mm -hmm. being abducted and having horrifying magical rituals cast upon them that possess their bodies with demons and horrible things mm -hmm. and they become brood mothers they mm. pretty much just become factories that churn out dark spawn that's dark fantasy uh things like and another aspect of it is um has to do with demonic possession where mages if they're not careful they will be possessed by demons uh who will then you know turn their horrific powers on the world that's dark fantasy overlord not so much. I mean, it's got undead in it, but just because it has undead and it's got demons in it, just because it has, the, has those things, it doesn't actually make it dark fantasy. Alright. So, anyways, people throw that term around a lot, and I'm just like, mm, that's not what it's for. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, I'm still, still, regardless of the description, I'm very excited for season three of, um, of Overlord. I'm very, very looking forward to it. Very much looking forward to it. Me too. Now, I've talked a lot about the news. How about you? What stuff have you seen that's coming up? Well, I noticed that, um, My Hero Academia season three started last week. Yep. And, uh, my poor son, he's gnawing at the bit, wondering why I don't have a paid account. To either Crunchyroll or uh, a Verve, because if I did, he'd already be watching it now. But no, he has to mm. wait another week. He's like, "Dad, why?" Put your but son yes. to work. Have him have a uh, have him do uh, you know a a paper route or something like that. Even though <laughs> those are, are do they even have newspaper routes anymore for kids to make money? I don't know. Probably I, not. I I honestly think that. Too many adults have taken up paper routes as an extra way of making money. That there's not room well, for kids many, to have them anymore. How many newspapers are around anymore? I mean, let's be honest. Mm. Not many. Definitely not many out here. Yeah, I don't. I, I did newspaper routes uh, for for like a free newspaper way back in the day. I was paid like you know half a cent per paper that I delivered. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it was um, pennies. Yeah, um, and I. Uh, and I, uh, you know, I don't think that newspaper is around anymore. But anyways, no. Uh, well, I'd let you use my paid for Crunchyroll account, but I don't want to. <laughs> no, it's all right. At, at some point, I'll be able to afford a, uh, that $10 a month subscription fee. But until then, we'll make do with uh, waiting another week. Only seven. Verve has all of Crunchyroll's content plus some, so I'm oh, looking yeah. for that one. Yeah, I don't much care for Verve. That's not not really my cup of tea. But uh, Crunchyroll, I, I I subscribe to that, and I think it's totally worth it. Okay, um, any other news? Anything else we want to cover today? Uh, that covered it for our news section, I think. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get into three episodes in. Now, last week we said we were going to be doing Inferno Cop. Uh, that was my mistake, though, because Inferno Cop, um, the longest episode's like two, three minutes, so there's not much yeah. for us to talk about when it comes to that. So yeah, Inferno so we Cop gave is it not really something that we can cover. No, but I mean, and it, it, it's an entertaining little piece if you if that's your flavor, but it's it's one of those kind of shows you'd find on Adult Swim between commercial breaks. Mm, yep, that, it's, that's... I mean, it, it's like an entire episode is about like a robot chicken short. Mm, yep, that, yeah, that, that makes sense. So there, there is a continuing through line between each, but like one thing happens in every episode, one or two things, mm -hmm. and then it's the end. And every last thing that happens is 
a life-changing, world-shattering something that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, first episode ended with a pregnant woman's water breaking. The second episode starts with that water having flooded the city. That's the kind of show it is. Like, it's a very, very silly show, but it's... And if you're into that thing, that's great. And I am into that thing. It's, all, it's, all, it's just a very silly, weird show. And it's... But it... It feels like they knew not to have more than, you know... Very not, not to overstay its welcome. To, oh, yeah, not to overstay its welcome, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> because shows that where that's the entire humor, they drag on if they go keep going. Yeah. But anyways... Um, so we decided to go ahead, and since it was my pick last week, uh, I came up with another show for us to cover. Uh, this is an older show. It's classic. Um, it's a comedy. It is a parody anime where each episode makes fun of a different, or makes fun or pokes fun at, you know, not really in a cruel manner, but, um... It parodies a genre. It parodies a genre in each episode. Um, and I've seen the entire series before. I don't know if you have. But this is my first time. This is your first time watching this. Yes. Good. Okay. Because uh, we, I decided to go ahead and do Excel Saga for three episodes in, and oh boy, <laughs> what a show! Like I don't know if I said this in the show before, um, but Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Oh, yes. I watched that way back in 2000, 2000, I guess it was 2001 when I first started watching it. I was, yeah, it was right after high school. Okay. Um, that's, yeah, I've just dated myself right there. Oh. Let's pause it real fast. Well, no, 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 we, you can go ahead and edit this part out. It's not on the eight. I can, I, no, 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 I can do it. It's, there we go. Okay. That sounds a lot better to me now. Yeah, it is. It wasn't recording my voice. It was recording the echo of my voice. Oh, yikes. That's okay. We're still learning stuff. We'll be sure to catch that later. Um, Yeah, that's something we have to check every morning. I do do some other recording mm -hmm. over the weekend, and that's... We change settings on this mm-hmm. every week, so... Well, anyways, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about Excel Saga, and what I was saying is that... um, Cowboy Bebop, it was a show back, you know, I watched it in 2001, and I watched it during its first run and never saw it again, until um, years later, I found a copy of the entire series, because it was another one of those shows where they sold it, you know, back in the day, they would sell four or five episodes per disc on a DVD, yeah. and charge you $30 for a single disc, and it was outrageous. Um, so, I now, well, and I found the entire collection for about $30, and I was like, well, I'm going to pick this up. This is great. So I picked up uh, Cowboy Bebop, but I never watched it. I just kind of picked it up for nostalgia value. And months down the line, I had some free time. I kind of wanted to, uh, to watch a show. And I thought, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to give Cowboy Bebop another try. Um, it's probably nowhere near as good as I remember it being. Um, you know, looking through it. Uh, through rose-colored lenses and stuff like that. I remember I, I was constantly recommending it to people because I absolutely adored it. Um, and then I sat down and I watched Cowboy Bebop, and no, it's just as good as it was. It's yeah. it's a phenomenal show. It's incredible. Um, Excel Saga is the same so far, where I watched it once years ago. Over a decade ago, I watched Excel Saga. Borrowed the DVDs from a friend of ours. Yeah. Um, and he, and, well, and not he, but, you know, and I watched it. I adored it, devoured it. It was hysterical. Um, even though going in, I remember a lot of the punchlines. Um, and as I was watching the, the first three episodes, I was like, oh, yeah, this is coming up. And it would still make <laughs> me laugh, you know. Um, gosh, it's an incredible show. It's funny. What are your thoughts on it, though? I mean, like, we can't really do our typical format that we've been doing where we can, like, you know, dissect it episode per episode because that's not what the show really is. It's not a continuing story. Right. It's just parody after parody after parody. So... Um, What they seem to be doing is introducing characters slowly, episode by episode. Mm -hmm. And as they're introducing these characters, they'll come back and play more into the story. In the first episode, we get introduced to Excel... Her master, um, Ipilazo Sama, Ipilazo Sama, and uh, Pedro, Pedro, Pedro. Oh, Pedro. Oh, and uh, we also get introduced to what do they call it? The um, 
The microcosm. The great will of, of the, the macrocosm. macrocosm. The great will of the macrocosm. Now, I knew about the macrocosm, but I never bothered to look up what macrocosm means. Did you look up what the definition of macrocosm is? No. Here's what a Google search turned up uh, you, well, with their first definition, because usually when you look up a word, it'll give you the definition first. Mm -hmm. The whole of a complex structure, especially the world or universe, contrasted with a small or representation representative part of it. So she is literally the physical manifestation of their entire universe. That is the great will of the macros of the macrocosm. That makes sense. Uh-huh. That makes sense. She so, is a galaxy that goes around like just a flat image of a galaxy that has woman's arms popped out of it. Yes. And uh, has her own way of doing things. Very, very much her own way of doing things. Uh, so the, the first episode starts with Excel. Look, It looks like she just graduated from high school and is mm. skipping mm. away and getting ready for her first job. Um, she's chanting across, across, across. Over and over again, whacking students and sending them flying just haphazardly as she's going Trampling along. Trampling students who are confessing to each other on the last day of school. You know, uh, someone's asking her, "Hey, uh, Excel, did you get your? Did you get a job yet?" And she's just saying, "Across, across, across." And then she's hit by a truck. Mm-hmm. During which, and this is one of my favorite things of this show, she's in an ambulance and being driven away, and her life starts flashing before her eyes in a manner that the EMTs can see. And the EMTs are commenting on it. Like, oh, her life is flashing before her eyes. This is not good. <laughs> well, and the best is that it's the things that are flashing before her eyes are things that actually hasn't happened yet. The things that are happening in the story later Pretty on. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, they looked somewhat familiar from the content I've seen. I haven't. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen enough anime music videos and other content in my life to know when something is from Excel Saga, but mm -hmm. I haven't actually watched the show to piece those pieces together. So I've, I've it's like watching a trailer, mm -hmm. but you haven't seen the movie yet. Mm -hmm. But that just goes for the whole show. Mm -hmm. So that's my that's my experience with it. So finding the, seeing these things finally pieced together. Uh, I think I'll be finishing this one. Uh, yeah, me too. I will probably watch through it again because, oh gosh, it's so good. But yeah. <laughs> oh. And then, okay, so every episode starts with a legal disclaimer from the creator saying he gave permission for that episode to exist the way it is. Mm-hmm. And the first episode... There is a, a uh, well, I need to have it written down. What's his name? Il Palazzo. Il Palazzo. That, I, I yeah. actually keep a word document and yeah. I write down the names of the characters as they appear. Yeah. Il Palazzo-sama uh, orders Excel to kill all the manga artists. Because they are the dregs of society. Yes. And nobody will miss them. And nobody will miss them. And so the first person she's sent to go kill is the personification of the creator of their own universe. Mm -hmm. Now, manga artists tend to draw themselves in a very, very funny way when they yes. need to draw themselves. And I'm, I haven't actually read the manga. I'd like to at some point, but I'm pretty sure because his face is very, very long and curved, almost like it's almost a moon shape. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's how he draws himself in the comic. Okay. So, or that's his self-portrait. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the first episode. Which brings me to one of the things that I love about the series. Yes. Um, in the very, the show does a great job of being aware of its manga roots um, by bringing in the author every single episode to, or like, you know, to have give the author's literal stamp of approval because he gives his approval and then boom the stamp of his name appears. Yep. And um, he gives his staff stamp of approval. Um, um so they're they're showing respect to that, but at the same time, 
they are declaring that this is its own entity by literally killing the author of the manga, the mangaka, yeah. in the first episode. Yes. Okay? They're saying, this is our own thing. Get out of here. Yes. Now, that brings me to one of my favorite things about this episode. And uh, it's a throwback, actually, to the old uh, BBC TV show, the six-episode uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay. Is that there was a scene where, like... Right in in that show, right when they're about to be hit by a couple of nuclear missiles, they immediately cut away to images of peaceful tranquility and arrest you er, and give you assurance that don't worry, even though the nuclear missiles are coming after uh, our heroes, a series of very improbable events are going to cause them to become a sperm whale and a bowl of petunias. And they just have these glorious scenes of nature happening while it's explaining this to you. And they did the exact same thing in Excel Saga at the moment that they're killing the mangaka. Is that they go, you still hear all, you hear all the violence, mm -hmm. but it's cut away to beaches and forests and meadows. It's like... Mm -hmm. Due to the graphic nature of what you're going to see, here's this. That's a pretty common running gag in all in, in anime, especially for comedy ones. Yes. Like I, one of my favorite ones is that we blew the entire budget on you know the previous scene, so this is what you get now. Instead of seeing this awesome fight scene, you see like a little kitten or something crawling across the screen oh, yes. while you're hearing sounds of battle going on. So, oh, so uh, there's a point in the third episode where something blows up, and they cut to a live action squib going off that somebody um shot it's just here, here's a live action squib on a black background in the middle of the show mm -hmm. instead of an actual animated mm -hmm. explosion now going back to the great wheel of the macrocosm yes um excel dies multiple times repeatedly she dies one of my favorite parts is just the death count of Excel, just because they're showing you this is just a silly, silly show, okay? It's just silly. She dies five times in the first episode, four of which happen before the credit cut, or the commercial cut, okay? And the Three will of, of the those great times, macrocosm brings her back every time. Pretty sure it's either two or three. She's killed by Lord Ilopalazzo? Yes. Because he's a, she's annoying him. Yes. Then she's constantly declaring her obnoxious teenage girl love for him. But um, going back to the Great Will of the Macrosism, they're bringing this character in as a way to uh, circumvent the fact that characters die, just in a humorous manner. Like the first time Excel dies, it's, it's at the not it's before even the opening credits of the show. She gets hit by this by this truck outside of her school, and then she dies on. She doesn't just see her life flashing before her eyes. She dies like her hand goes limp. Um, her hand goes limp. Her spirit is floating in the cosmos. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, the great will of the mac, mac of the uh, macro uh, macrocosm. Macrocosm. Thank you. The great will of the macrocosm starts talking to her. And she says the line, you must not die the moment the show starts. Life is valu valuable, but more than that, consider the storyline. Yes. The story is more important than you're dying right now. So here you go. You're mm -hmm. living again. And every time Il Palazzo kills her, you see in the background... Just passing by. Yeah, the great of the, macros of the ma macrocosm... I, I used to say it in a completely different way uh, years ago, so that's throwing me off, but it's the macrocosm. I used to say macrocosm or something like that. <laughs> but the great macrocosm of the macrocosm, you just see her going, ah, ah, so little to do, so, so much to do, so little time, you know, stuff like that. Every time Excel dies and gets brought back, you see the great of the, macro, of the macrocosm somewhere. Yes. And then throughout the next two episodes, even though they've already established that if she dies, she'll just come back, the Great Will of the, Macros, of the Macrocosm is a bit busy doing other things and can't come to help excel yeah. on, a, on a moment's notice. So how about we talk about Pedro a bit? Because that's a good... Oh, Pedro. I just put his name as one of my favorite things on this list. He's just... Oh, Pedro, that poor, <laughs> poor man. My it's... tears are flowing like waterfalls. waterfalls. So... 
In the first episode, it's established that Pedro has a sexy wife and a cute son. And they call her sexy wife and cute son. Yeah, that, that's all they know of them as. Well, no, we know <laughs> the son's name as, um, I wrote it down. His name is uh, Sandora, yes, but we they, don't they, learn they, the they, wife's inter- name. Yeah, they interact with each other that way, mm-hmm. but every other character only knows that Pedro has a sexy wife and a cute son. Mm-hmm. And that, that exact expression is used over mm-hmm. and over again. Oh. So, Excel and he have a secret handshake, and they know each other well, or something like that. And they're working at a job site at the, be- the beginning of the second, the first episode. They're working together at a construction site. Building a new skyscraper or something. A new high-rise of some type. And Excel is... Is um, directing traffic, but she's too spastic to do it accurately. She's causing cars to pirouette and <laughs> causing traffic jams of mm-hmm. all kinds of nature. The entire time she's and praising the great Lord Il Palazzo because uh, this world needs his leadership. This world is rotten; it's dying. Um, I look at all this horrible, like, uh, like she causes a massive tra- traffic jam because of her terrible directing, not realizing what's going on. And then she pulls out a notebook, thinking, mm, "Once Il Palazzo takes over, we're gonna have to get rid of cars." There's just way too many of them. It's just a mess. <sighs> and then while doing that, she looks up and sees Pedro sitting on an I-beam, despondent, sad. She goes to cheer him up. And then she's like, why are you sad? He says, because I miss my wife, uh, my sexy wife and my cute son. And she pulls out some brass knuckles and beats some sense into him. Like that, that, that seems Spiked a little like brass knuckles. Spiked brass knuckles. And like, this seems a bit excessive. And then, and then she proceeds to give him a pep talk. And his tears of forlornness become tears of joy, still water falling down his face. As he works hard to be home, to eventually get home to his wife and son. And then Excel proceeds to. Pray some more, causing a major traffic jam, causing the entire building, and causing a, a traffic accident, which results in an explosion, which results in the entirety of the structure that they've been working on to catch fire and start burning down. And because Pedro lost a photo of his son in that fire, mm-hmm. he gets trapped in it and is going to burn to death when the Great Will of the macrocosm comes in to save him and then something beeps and goes oh gotta go and leaves him in the fire to die mm-hmm. pedro then makes an appearance in in the two subsequent episodes as a tragic figure who is being kept to the interests of the great will of the macrocosm there's a symbolism there it keeps getting worse for pedro as the series goes where he is getting pretty much uh literally the entire universe of this story is screwing with him yeah Mm-hmm. that's a very very rated pg way of saying it thank you very much you bet but yeah yeah it's a visual gag that his life keeps getting worse <laughs> and it's because the universe is screwing with him. Cigarette and all. Uh-huh. The, you, the next time you see Pedro, he is laying down in a patone, just like, wait, I'm alive? What's going on? And he wakes up thinking that he, you know, he was burning to death. And uh, then suddenly uh, you hear the great will of the mac- uh, mac- macrocosm saying, uh, oh, so you're awake now. And he turns over and he sees the universe with her female arms and everything laying down in the fatone next to him with a cigarette. Yes. The the post-colloidal cigarette meme. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah. You may have to be a little bit older to be able to get that joke. But anyways. Fortunately, it's subtle enough that it's not too obvious. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so, um... Okay, um, uh, next okay. up, how about you talk about Menchie? Oh, Menchie. 
Menchie is a stray dog that Excel finds and chooses to adopt because she's hungry and needs food and brings him home to cook and eat. And then every once in a while decides not to cook and eat him, but to save him for later. Because Menchie is her emergency food fund. Yes. He's her emergency food storage. He keeps this this poor little dog, this little female dog named Menchie, um, as her emergency food supply. And, and he's aware of it, and is trying to get away as hard as he can. There's this one scene where her neighbor is trying to uh, get some sleep, um, but or he's constant. She lives in a tiny little apartment with super thin walls and stuff like that, and yeah. like they even show like just by slapping the walls at one point, the walls start falling apart. That's how poor they are. Yeah, they start cracking around through the other side. Well, Minchie's trying to get out while Excel's at work. Yes. Um, and she is, um, her part-time job in this next episode, she is writing a, uh, she's doing newspaper delivery. Uh, yes. Out in this rainstorm. In a rainstorm that's causing a flood that brings the floodwaters to just below the basket level of her newspapers mm-hmm. on her bike as she's riding it along. Yep. Uh, and also, uh, also their underground, um, across his underground, um, hideout is being flooded actively actively and mm-hmm. while and while he's debriefing her on the next thing his the dais on which the lord is on continues rising above the water level and she still has to tread water to continue with the and then he gets a phone call and he's like yeah hello and just ignores her for a minute turns back and she's already drowned and she's gone he's like oh oh well she's a go-getter isn't she something <laughs> like that anyways um this poor dog, fully aware of the fact that if, you know, she stays around, Excel will eat her. Yes. And so she, uh, she's trying to get out of the apartment, but she's making a lot of noise doing it by like, slamming in the door and stuff like that. And it's annoying the, ne- the neighbor. The neighbor comes over, bangs on the door, uh, realizes the door is unlocked and opens it. And then Menchi is the- surrounded by glorious cherubim. And a rainbow. And happy... And the hallelujah life. chorus... I don't think it was that, but close enough. It was. It was some. It might be joy. To, uh, like either joy to the world or uh, ode to uh, joy. I, sh- I, think or something. Have, I think it may have been ode to joy. The ode no, to I, joy. Well, yeah. I'm. We're probably butchering it. Anyways, I should have written down what the song was because it's a cl- it's a actual classical song. Yes. Um, but Menchi gets super excited and then leaves the apartment and jumps out and starts swimming away to freedom. And as Menchi's swimming away to freedom, he, she's so excited, so happy, surrounded by these angels. She doesn't realize that she's paddling right next to excel on her bicycle who excel then proceeds to, to jump off her bicycle chase after menchie and then tie her to her head mm-hmm. with, with a bandana and she's unable to find her bicycle after that which floats right which behind then her floats right behind her as she realizes that hmm i've uh, man i only turned away for 30 seconds to a minute those thieves are super fast because that's what happened mm-hmm that poor dog, though. That that poor dog. It's another thing that's like Pedro, where you you know you get so happy for that dog, and then hor- more horrible things happen. Like for some reason, I freak. Do you remember why? Ex- I mean, it, the show doesn't need a reason for why it goes to the places that it goes to, but it does anyways. I mean, one of the things that I wrote down are the Poochus. Oh yes, the most adorable race of galactic conquerors ever. They are, imagine a race of Hello Kitties, mm. okay, wearing big pink diapers, they have like fly swatter looking scepters and things like that, and everything they say is poochoo, 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 yes. poochoo, and they're super adorable until they get hit by something, and once they get hit by something, their faces suddenly turn into overly chiseled manly man faces from like fist of the north star things like that yes where, where their eyebrow thickness features half of their face mm-hmm. and uh these aliens um well that's right that's what happens the ship blows up and she ends up flying into the amazon or whatever she find well she mm-hmm. finds one but the, the way it goes is she finds one mm-hmm. and she goes you're so cute. I don't care. And karate chops him. And karate him. chops him. And then his gun ends up in her possession. 
She then proceeds to determine that this gun must have been special delivered from her master and attempts to use it. And out comes this cute little pink cloud of smoke. And she berates the gun for its poor performance, and the gun apologizes. And the gun profusely apologizes. <laughs> Audibly, it speaks with a male voice and says, I shall endeavor to improve myself. And then it does as she pulls the trigger again, and this massive and it, beam of energy comes up and hits a spaceship in the sky, the very Star Destroyer-looking spaceship in the sky. Yes. Literally, it's just a giant triangle. And then that was the invading force. Of Poochies. Of Poochies. Mm-hmm. And uh, to kind of better explain the Poochies, in an, an Excel saga, and you haven't really seen, you've kind of seen hints of this. In Excel saga, there is a story that's going on, but it takes place in the background. Yeah. That Excel is not aware of in the slightest. No. And one of the central characters for that sh- of that story is Nabishin. Nabashin. Nabashin. The Afro Man. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Nabashin. That's the director. He inserted himself <laughs> into. <laughs> he inserted himself into Excel as the coolest character in Excel. Every time he shows up, he introduces himself for no reason. It's like everybody's like. Nabashin. Talking... <laughs> everybody's talking about. Oh, hello, and I'm so-and-so, and I'm so-and-so, and he's there for no reason, and I'm Nabashin. I'm Nabashin. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyways, Nabashin gets up onto that ship because he's friends with a character named the Space Butler. The Space Butler. This who has this... currently been taken captive with his princess, who's currently in a coffin, yes. from Mars... Um, by the Poochus. And as much as he tries to fight against them, he can't because whenever he raises a hand against them, they overwhelm the space butler with their cuteness. And just like, oh, so cute. And he is unable to withstand their advances. Their adorableness. Ah, uh, get in fight. No, I'm allergic to adorableness. Ah, boom. And that's your daily ASDF. <laughs> your Asti films. Your Asti movies. Anyways, um. Yeah. But, and so the Poochus then get defeated because Excel gets up onto their ship. She finds a, she finds one of their landing pods, proceeds to kick the crap out of everything in there because she does, she's. Everybody is affected by their cuteness except for her because she's too dumb. Yes. Okay. She's like, oh, you're so cute. So what? And she'll just beat the crap out of them because they're cute. She doesn't know what they're up to. <coughs> I was going to let you cut that out. <coughs> she doesn't know how... She doesn't understand their cuteness. She, she, that doesn't affect her. She's too stupid. And then she takes their shuttle to get back up to the ship. She crashes it into the ship. And then proceeds to just fire the gun around because obviously it's a tool meant for helping her conquer, helping from giving her from her master to help them conquer the city. And they're planning on conquering the city because it's going to be a test run for them conquering the world later on. Um. But she uh, she keeps blowing things up, and because of that, Nabashin's able to get up onto the ship as well, and try to defeat the Puchus with uh, Space Butler, but they end up. Um, being overwhelmed by their cuteness and, you know, explosions. <laughs> they, they're they able to overcome their cuteness because they see their true horrific manly faces when some of them get knocked unconscious by debris falling from the, uh, from the ceiling. Yep. And then they escape. Well, Nabashin and the princess in the coffin escape. Space Butler uh, sacrifices himself to explode the, uh, the ship in the sky. And Excel, who is still on the ship, gets launched away into the jungles. And that's where the second episode ends. A third episode... Uh, yes. the, the first episode was just... this is They, they have my permission to do whatever they want with the series. So yeah. they're going to kill him. Second episode <laughs> is they have my permission to make this into a... Uh, a sci-fi. Into, into a sci-fi. Third episode is they have my permission to turn this into a crappy B-action movie. Which opens up with the most amazing, uh, a general and his subordinate are in a helicopter speaking English, saying, 
why are we flying around? There is no mission. We're just here to start a B-action movie. We're here to be the footage for the B-action movie. <laughs> and they say it in English. In the original Japanese. They say it in pretty terrible English. Yes. Well, anyways. Uh, long story short, uh, Excel and Menchi wind up in the jungle. Menchi befriends some uh, soldiers. Excel gets captured by those soldiers. She tries to escape, gets captured again, and gets thrown into a uh, into a prison and meets somebody in the prison by the name of... Tetchen. Tetchen. And... The, uh, somehow, um, our princess has woken up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Uh, because Nabashini and the princess are just kind of falling out of the ship, her, uh, coffin. Her coffin ends up in the flooded. Ends uh, up in the flooded area. Uh, and of, then she wakes of up. The, uh, of the lair. Mm-hmm. She wakes up and immediately Lord. Ilaplazo. Ilaplazo, uh, assumes she's a... Because of the way she's dressed, she must have been special delivered to be his next servant. Mm-hmm. And immediately starts putting her to work. You said, and the next episode, she gets sent off to find Excel. Her running gag, though, is that she has, she's one of those characters who's beautiful but has poor health. So you know, it's one of those tragic stories where they're gonna fall in love with someone but die before, you know, ever being with them or something like that. Yes. But they take it to the extreme because this is Excel Saga, and she dies right in front of Ilaplazo probably about a dozen times. Yes. At he least keeps, half a dozen. Keeps keeps getting up, like, no, I can hear you, keep going. And then as soon as he turns around again and be, and starts, like, giving his monologue, she falls over dead again. Yep. Um, eventually she ends up just having to worm crawl out of the place because she can't be bothered to be on her feet. She doesn't have the strength. And her name is Hayat. 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 Yes. Like the hotel chain. Mm Mm-hmm. She is... Yeah, so her... Excel's running gag is that she's an idiot who's constantly getting killed. And Hayat is that she's a sweetheart who is too sick to live. She dies... Usually... She, they, she ha, they, she's in the opening credits sequence from episode one, and they're doing the pop idol thing where they're singing and dancing in front of a crowd, and Hyatt keeps coughing in the middle of the lyrics during the opening credits song. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how important this part of the character is, is that they will interrupt... Well, she beautiful. They'll interrupt the opening credit song to have her cough. I'm glad you stopped yourself from saying beautiful because it's not beautiful. It's not beautiful. It's obnoxious and it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's obnoxious and it's supposed to be. Yes. But it's... I stopped myself because it was not the right word to choose. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyways, um, she the, she's then sent on to go and find Excel. Um... But she is crawling her way through the city. And she's like you said, she's worm crawling her way through the city because she doesn't have the strength to move. Um, she gets stopped by a pile of pizza boxes in the street. And somebody lifts it up for her and she just keeps going. The neighbor who let Menchi out lifts neighbor, it up. Yes. He, he, he's having a hard time with his roommates uh, said it because they're a bunch of lazy good-for-nothings. And he's decided yes. he's done with them. He's going to move out. Uh, and he then meets this gorgeous woman. Who, who tells him that she's moving, happens to be moving into the address of the apartment next door to him. She's moving in apartment 204, and he's in apartment 203, and she's like, Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in apartment 203, I'm your neighbor. And she's like, Oh, it's so nice to meet you. And he's just like, he immediately decides to go back and move in with his horrible roommates again because this beautiful woman is moving in next door. Um, anyways, um, cut it, go, going back to Excel, um, Nabashin shows up. Yes. Nabashin shows up to rescue them because it's Nabashin. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the first time he's pulled something out of his hair, but it's the first. But the thing that so they've been thrown into a pit, uh-huh. and to get them out, he pulls out a rope and grappling hook from his afro, and then only save and saves Tetchin, but not uh, mm-hmm. Excel. Tetchin, who he actually starts calling by a different name, Tetsuko. Uh, which is a female's name, uh-huh. which is very, very funny because Tetchin has a metal mask over the face yes. with, like, an actual, um, uh, uh, 
a palm tree on the head for yes. some reason, and is very wearing very very thick robes, and it speaks with a very very manly deep voice, which doesn't change. Well, we're not there just yet, <laughs> but yeah, um, when the mask comes off, it doesn't change. But uh, Tet Chin, uh, one of my favorite things, uh, and this didn't translate too well in the subtitles. Maybe they would probably they would change it for English to make it work in English. But uh, Tet Chin and um, and Excel were playing a game of Shiri Tori, yes. which I thought was very, very delightful. Um, and it did most of the time it did work using it in English. But uh, do you know what Shiri Tori is? Um, what I could tell from what they were playing is that they would keep naming foods, but there's there's something more to it than that. There's something a lot more to it than that. Shiri Tori, it's not just like they were doing it as foods. Maybe that was their own spo- uh, their own variation of it. Uh-huh. But Shiri Tori is a Japanese game where you'd say a word. And the last sound of that word needs to be the first sound of the word the next player says. Oh, I see. And you cannot end the word with n, which is a sound that no word starts with. Right. So, I mean, na, ni, nu, ne, no, that's something that words can end with and start with. Right. There's a a sound that there's just an n sound. No word starts with just mm. So if you right. do that, you've dec- you've lost. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. But that's Shiri Tori. Okay. And they were playing it, and it actually worked pretty well in English. But it was, uh, you know, they'd say, um... Oh, excuse me. They would say, uh... The word in Japanese. And somehow that word would translate into English with the last letter being the first letter of the next word. Oh, I see. So I, th- I thought that worked pretty uh, pretty well. But anyways, uh, Tetsuko gets saved. And yes. Nabashin and Excel's just like, no, I, what about me? Aren't you going to save me? And Nabashin's response is, you're too heavy. Which, of <laughs> course, causes Excel to freak out because she's a girl. Yes. And Nabashin eventually gets so tired of her whining that he goes back down and opens up an emergency exit door. that happens A labeled. A labeled emergency exit. Yes. Right behind Excel rather than having Excel climb up the rope. <laughs> oh. And then, then after they've gotten back up and they're trying to get away from the uh, soldiers that notice they escaped... He pulls a very large rifle out of his hair and gives it to Excel. A shotgun. And and Excel says, that's some dandruff you have there, mister. (laughs) And then then Nabashin and Tetsuko uh, run off, skipping together, arm in arm. And she's just like, you got, what? Now you're skipping, okay, whatever. And then she just kind of goes off on her own. It cuts back to uh, Tetsuko and Nabashin. And Tetsuko somehow gets bitten by an anaconda. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but they're not poisonous. I don't think so. They're like uh, no, they're they're just big. I think they're a constrictor. Yeah, type. they're a constrictor type. But they. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Tetsuko gets poisoned by this anaconda. Uh, they tries to rip Tetsuko out, but ends up ripping out only Tetsuko's top half. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I can feel the poison going through me. Well, you should be more worried about your top half. <laughs> And Tetsuko says to remove the mask, and, um... And she ends up being this beautiful bombshell from the lake of Galaxy Express 999. Galaxy Express 999, or, um, what's another one of the shows, uh, like, 70s sci-fi anime, you know? Yeah, um... Uh, Captain Harlock. Captain Harlock, you know, one like drawn just, in a very just, specific style. Yes, yeah, just a very specific, very small mouth, beautiful, huge eyelashes, long nose, long mm-hmm. flowing mm-hmm. blonde hair. It's that it's that very specific archetype that doesn't match with the 80s. And as beautiful style, as she I mean, is, her voice is still the exact same. Yes, it's a grizzled old man. It's the grizzled old man voice. Mm-hmm. And she starts talking to Nabashin, saying, "Let can we do that one more time?" And Nabashin says, "Yes." And he goes down, and Nabashin's face is suddenly drawn as the male protagonist style oh, in one kind of those of, shows, yes. um, where you know they've got the sweeping hair that's like covering one of their eyes, but it's his curly uh, afro somehow now covering one of his eyes. And yes. just as they're about to kiss, the leader of this military group that had kidnapped, that had captured Excel, yes. shows up and shoots um, t- uh, Tetsuko. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, just as she's about to say her last dying words, there's a train. 
Mm-hmm. There's a train going through the middle of the jungle where there was never any tracks. Because, once again, that's a trope where a character's dying words, you don't really hear what they say. I mean, <laughs> yes. I've been watching more of the, um, oh, I've been watching, or it's not just that, but sometimes, you know, the character will say something and we're not supposed to hear it just yet. Oh, yeah. So it's done silently, but we see the other characters' reactions to it. Yes. But, yeah, as she's dying, the train comes by out of nowhere. They're in the middle of a jungle and suddenly there's a rail crossing and a train going by. Um, but... I've been watching more of a certain sign, a certain magical index. Yes. And um, in order to save one of the characters, um, Toma uh, fights one of the most powerful espers in the city in order to save someone else. Yes. Um, and this character says, uh, and, and this villain eventually says, why did you do this for this person? You know, and um, he, uh, oh no, this is a different part. But anyways, uh, he um, he says something, but what he says is silent. We can't hear it. And the girl that he saved overhears it, and we see her face just go beet red, and she starts blushing. And, like, um, you know, there could have very easily been steam coming off of her ears. Okay. And she, uh, she just says, that idiot. Why would he say something like that? Okay. <laughs> and just like, oh, are you serious? But yeah, that's that's what they're making fun of in that scene. Oh, yeah, of course. But yeah. And then Nabashin, who has the best afro in the world. Yes. Um, pulls two AKs. <laughs> he pulls, not no, he... One of them is a, I'm pretty sure one of them is a 50 cal machine gun. Uh-huh. And the other one is just another, I don't know what it is, but it's just another massive machine gun. He pulls them out and he rushes this army by himself. Scene cut uh, to Excel getting away, and but she gets... Uh, and finds Menchi. And finds Menchi, and she's about to go for Menchi. Um, but Menchi, who had been taken in by these army guys, and like they built him a dog, built her a doghouse, and doing all these great things for her, feeding her re- snacks. Re- yeah, renaming her Mickey. Renaming her Mickey after a friend of theirs who had died earlier. Who had died earlier off camera and stuff, and they, <laughs> and these guys come in to defeat Excel and uh, kill Excel because she's escaping them. When the. Uh, <laughs> When the battle with Navashin claims their lives as well. Yes. And so she gets Menching and she ties Menching to, to her, her chest. To her chest this time. And leaves. And Menching's just super distraught because once again, this chance at happiness has been ripped away from her paws. Yes. And then, and then finally, it's the next morning and Hyatt... Leaves her new apartment to go mm-hmm. trying to find, and only has Excel's photo. And for whatever reason, the jungle she's in is just around the corner from well, her own apartment. It's it's this great comedic moment where she's like, "Oh, I've got to find this girl, but I've only got her photo." And Excel's just like, "Ah, uh-huh, food. I'm so hungry because it's been like over a week now since she's actually yeah, eaten." Yeah, it's the end of episode three. She has yet to eat anything. Mm-hmm. And she's just she's like, been oh, hungry I'm since so episode hungry. one." And she just keeps walking, and she just keeps. Uh, she just keeps going, and, um, like, you see this great shot where Excel's walking through the jungle, and Hyatt is walking through the city, and there's a white line dividing them. Yeah. And then suddenly, you know, they turn up and they go, huh? And as they're looking at, kind of at each other, the white line disappears, and the jungle is the next block from Excel's apartment. Yes. Yeah. For whatever reason, her apartment in the middle of the city is also right next to the jungle. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Hyatt dies and falls into her arms. She's like, wait, what's going on here? What, I just what? met you. You just died? What's going on? And then it cuts to Pietro, who is finally coming home. And he sees his son <laughs> running towards him. And the son runs through him to, his mo- to the mother. And he turns around and sees the mother, and they walk right through him. And they turns around, and they go home to another man having a... They go home to a man named Gomez. Gomez, who has taken Pedro's place. And taken his place 
extremely well where uh, <laughs> he fits better he looks like he's a better fit for the family style yeah. like animation wise mm-hmm. as a character design and, he looks like he fits better and it's the like, mom says oh little sandora he's so happy he's grown so attached to you and he's in the gomez says uh oh i hope he's not the only one and she goes oh you <laughs> and they just go in the behind the door and just see poor pedro waterfalls oh oh pedro (laughs) and it's just going to get sadder and sadder it's worse for him okay it gets so much worse but the thing about excel is that it just keeps getting better and better and better I highly recommend this series to anybody who hasn't seen it. It's on Crunchyroll right now. It's on Funimation. You have no reason not to watch it. It's just an incredible show. It's on VRV if you have that. Yes. Um, each episode makes one of a different genre until the final three of the last four episodes. Where they save it for making fun of specific shows. Galaxy Police Night, or whatever that show is, 999. Galaxy Express. Galaxy Express 999. Or that, or or um, Captain Harlock. It's one of those. It's a very yeah, specific it's, style. It's one of those. Fist of the North Star. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Yes, okay. Their final okay. episode is a Dragon Ball Z mock, uh, mockery. Okay. The final episode that matters. The final episode that matters. Don't watch episode 26. There's no need. Do not watch episode 26. Um, it was the last episode and they realized they could get away with things. They couldn't because the show was over. So they couldn't get canceled because the, the show was over anyways. It has a lot of adult humor in it. And, um, and adult content. And adult content in it. So if you're not okay with the, that sort of thing, do not watch the last episode. The, title, but the entire story yeah. wraps up by episode 25 anyways. So you don't even need it. Mm. And literally, they called the episode "Going Too Far," mm-hmm. and yes, it goes too far. You it goes too it. far. So, if you're not, if you're, if that doesn't bother you, whatever, watch it. If it does bother you, it's very, very adult in its humor. It's making fun of those things, so it's still, it's still got that Excel comedy, but you don't have to watch it. Yeah. yeah. But so, anyways, we highly I recommend rec- the first. Um, what 96% of it? What story they have ends by episode 25. And, oh, gosh, the show is just so good. And the, you've, you've pulled up a scene with the closing credits. The closing credits is poor Menchie pleading for her life. She sings, ow, 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 ow. Ow, and, ow, And there's a translator standing there with a book translating what Menchie is singing and while Menchie's singing passionately this translator is just so distant distant and so dispassionate she's just reading what Menchie is singing oh yeah watch this show it's fantastic it's so fun once again don't watch episode 26 if that sort of stuff bothers you episodes 1 2 through 25 has none of that it's well, except for you know what's there, the visual joke of what's there, happening to some, Pedro. There's some visual innuendo, but it's not graphic. No, it's not graphic at all. But yeah, it's a phenomenal show. I highly recommend it. Now, I picked last week. I guess that kind of wraps up uh, th- three episodes in. Yes, it does. Um, what? Uh, anything else that you want to cover before we go on? Um, let's just talk about what we're going to watch next week. Okay, I picked last week, so it's your turn for this week. Alright, this week I'm picking Psychopaths. Okay. Uh, I've heard some interesting things about it. I've been told it's one of those, um, anime that, uh, kind of plays with reality, plays with your mind as you're watching it, and, um, I think you recommended it to me at one point because it had some similarity to, uh, like Serial Experiments Lane, or something along those lines. Possibly. I've never actually seen it. Okay. <clears throat> Psychopaths is one of the ones I've never seen. So. All right, so neither have I, so we'll both be going into this fresh next week. Okay. All right, so tune in next week, and uh, we'll get our three episodes in for Psychopaths. Awesome. And now that we've finished that portion, how about we go on to recommendation of the week? All right, so I'm going to go ahead and recommend a video game this week. Um, in fact, this video game was the reason that I actually bought a PS4 when I found out they had remastered it and gotten it ready. Okay. Um, 
I recommend Journey. Journey is a really fun game that plays with the stereotypical archetypes of the hero's journey as explained by uh, Joseph Campbell's A Hero in his, novel, in his uh, book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, where he deconstructs hundreds and hundreds of um, hero's journeys to it to their core essence and finds out what thread seems to be most familiar with all of them and this game literally puts you in the protagonist seat of one of those kind of journeys uh of that journey um you go through the eight stages of um what he describes as the the call to action the um the rising action the trials uh the um uh, the ups and downs that you go through it. I can't remember the exact names for all eight phases, mm -hmm. but you do go through each one of those very specifically. It's, it has beautiful music, beautiful visuals. The way the game plays is you play as a uh, a bipedal figure. Um, you basically, you, guys, you just have two legs. You don't even have arms. You're robed mysteriously. Um... And as you progress through the game, you will occasionally meet another person who looks just like you if you're connected online at the same time. What, what the programmers have done is they've created a system where if you're online and someone else is online and people start the same level at roughly the same time, they will meet but there's no way of interacting with the person you've just met apart from a single chime button. So you you have to kind of play. Do you mean by. communicate or interact? Because you can interact. You with You can them. absolutely interact, but there's no there's no text messaging okay, or okay. dialogue system mm -hmm. for direct communication. Well, I, I just thought with another we should, player. You said interact, so okay. I just wanted to make sure the listeners oh, understood. I? Yeah. Okay. It's uh. It's uh. Well, no, you. So, and the game's designed. To want uh, that cooperating is better for you. Um, you end up having this scarf, which is an indicator of your flying power. And the more you collect these uh, glowing talismans throughout the game, the more the longer your scarf gets. And there are creatures that will attack you and shorten your scarf if they get the chance. And basically, however long your scarf is, gives you flying powers. And it uses that up until you've used it up. Mm -hmm. Um, there are th other creatures in the game that if you interact with them, they regenerate the power of it. But so too does being near another player. If you're side by side with each other, you automatically recharge each other. Mm -hmm. And so the game was designed to get you to cooperate with the other player that gets thrown into the game with you. Cool. And uh, I played this and played it all the way through three times the first day I had it. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. But it's it's only a one-hour playthrough. Yeah, it's pretty short. So you can get through the game in one hour, but um, I highly recommend playing it over and over again um, and experiencing, and, and it's a slightly different every time because you can experience it as, as a newbie. You can maybe get paired with a mentor, and as you're a mentor, you might get paired with a newbie, and you can help them along and find the little things that you found in previous playthroughs. And it's... Uh, it's a fun little way to spend an afternoon. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's have, my recommendation of the week. Have you played Abzu? I have not played Abzu yet. It's made by the same people. Uh-huh. Similar, only it's entirely, it's an underwater thing. Right. Rather than a desert journey thing. Right. So uh, I, I heard great things about that. You might want to check that one out. I think I've already picked it up from the... Uh, from my PlayStation uh, Plus, PlayStation Plus. Yep, I, I just one. haven't, mm -hmm. I just haven't uh, opened it up. I've yet. had it for a while, but I didn't really, I didn't realize it was made by the same people. As soon as I did, I downloaded it, and I'm okay. going to play it here in the near future. But I'm still playing the crap out of uh, Monster Hunter Five and Far Monster Hunter World and Far Cry Five. Of course you so are. So I'm pretty busy with those things. Okay, um, Why so you be? I guess it's time for us to move on to Creator Shoutout. Yep. All right, Creator Shoutout this time is me, meaning I get to pick the shoutout. Yes, we're not just shouting out to you. <laughs> I would like to give a shout out to Rich Burlew. Rich Burlew is the creator of Order of the Stick. I love that comic. 
those of you who don't know what Order of the Stick is, it is a Dungeons and Dragons themed comic where the characters are very much aware that they are in a in a game. Yes. Okay. If not in a game, they are very much aware of the rules of Dungeons and Dragons. They're always making jokes about plus one this, or um, they go from three point to three point five during it, and they yes. find themselves with new weapons and like, oh hey, bards can wear chainmail now. Awesome, you know things like that. So. Yes. Uh, uh, one, one of the earliest gags in this comic is uh, a halfling. Um, there's ninja orcs all around them. And he goes, hold on a second. I think I just failed a spot check. <laughs> and then the orcs say, guys, we're right here. Hold on. I think I just failed a listen check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're very, very much aware that they're in a, that, of the rules of D&D. And that's one of the things that makes it work. Yes. There's a lot of D&D-inspired comics out there or stories out there. Like, we kind of talked about this last week yeah. where you've you got some great stories that you can do with Dungeons and Dragons. But, you know, a lot of times you read it and you're like, oh, gosh, I can see the dice roll. Or I can see the dice rolling in my head throughout this entire combat encounter. Yeah. Or things like that. You know, it's just very, very poorly written, I want to mm -hmm. say. Um Whereas Order of the Stick embraces that and turns it into a joke. Yes. Okay. And... Because uh, they make it work. He has recently posted uh, page 1,116. Oh, wow. I am so behind on you this. You are very behind on I this. I am very behind. Um, yeah. The Order of the Stick is phenomenal. It's, it's hysterical. It's well-written. There are plot holes, but of course there's going to be plot holes in a comic that, you know... It's mostly just done by one person, and there's limits sure. to what one person can do. Sure. But the art style is very, very simple. He pretty much does it in, or he, I don't know if he does it in now, but back in the day it was pretty much MS Paint that he did it in. Made very, yeah, they, very simple stick figures and things. Yes. Um, but yeah, Order of the Stick, uh, done by um, Rich Burley. You can go ahead and Google it. It's, uh, you know, very, very simple to find. Or you can just go ahead and go to giantitp.com. Um, the website is Giant in the Playground, so giantitp.com, and you'll find it right there, okay? Yep. I highly recommend it. Once again, it's fantastic. It's lighthearted, while at the same time having serious overtones. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to cover today? I think that wraps it up for today. Okay, well, thanks for tuning in this week. We're going to go ahead and wrap up here, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Have a great week. See you around.